When you enrich the lives of your employees through purpose-powered leadership, they'll grow your business for you. Welcome to the Higher Purpose Podcast, where you'll discover how to champion a culture of courage and love. Stop dealing with symptoms and get to the root of the problems in your business. This is the Higher Purpose Podcast with your host, Kevin Monroe. What a delight to welcome you to episode 42 of the Higher Purpose Podcast. I look forward to our weekly connection and conversations, and I appreciate you joining me again this week. By way of reminder, this conversation is part of a larger series that we're calling Profiles of Purpose in Business, where I'm engaging with leaders who are in business on purpose. And today's episode is a bit unique in several ways, and I'm excited about it in a different kind of way. 45 days ago, I'd never heard of Cindy Lake, and Cindy Lake had never heard of me. The real truth of how we met is Cindy's super cool job title and a search on LinkedIn. I'm on a quest to connect with people who are in business on purpose. So when I find someone who has a title like Chief Purpose Officer, I'm like a kid in a candy store. I'm excited about all of the options. And seriously, that's how we met. Then Cindy was adventurous enough to join me on a call where we got acquainted. Cindy happens to live in Austin, and at the time, I was heading to Austin in just a few days to speak at Mike Kim's Influence and Impact Conference. So while I was there, I stayed over, and Cindy and I and her associate, Michael Larson, the three of us met and had lunch. Well, the connection was immediate. Then two weeks later, which is just two weeks ago from the time you're listening to this, if you're listening around release, I joined Cindy, Michael, and 11 others for a three-day session exploring the future of leadership. Suffice it to say, I've gotten to know Cindy quite well in just six short weeks, and I'm delighted for you to join us in this conversation. I know we'll have fun, and I trust you'll receive immense value and inspiration from our conversation and connection. Here we go. Hey, Cindy, what's something you want us to know about you that helps us to to understand you and what makes you tick? Um, You know, I think the most important thing that um, I think people need to understand about me is that I am 100% fascinated by people. And, and because of that fascination, it, it generates this almost insatiable curiosity around what's important to them, why it's important to them, you know, what, what they need or believe they need in order to uh, achieve whatever goals that they have, whether they're personal or professional. And, and that fascination is, is very, um, I lead with that, right? And so I want them to understand that that my purpose is is purely because I find them fascinating. And because I find them fascinating, I want to understand them. And and I think that that's really important because that generates a lot of questions that I ask frequently and a lot of listening. And sometimes people aren't used to that, right? They're not used to being asked about how they think about it and why they think about it. And so if they're caught off guard with that, um, it takes a few minutes for them to lean in and realize there's no agenda here. I just am really curious about you. So, so I think that's probably the most important thing. Oh, I love that. And in my interactions with you, I would say that's certainly true, Cindy. So have you always, how long have you been aware of that fascination? Let me ask it that way. 
Um, probably most of my life because I was a Navy brat. And so, you know, we moved frequently and you basically had two choices in every one of those changes in your life, right? You could either lean into it and, and absorb everything that the new city, the new school, the new people had to offer, or you could isolate yourself from it and, and allow yourself to um, just survive it. And and so as a young kid, I, I learned to be very um, to observe, to take it in, to figure out where where it all was and where it all fit. And 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 I just loved every city we went to, every school I went to, every new person I met. Just was a, an amazing experience. And and I wouldn't trade that way of growing up for anything in the world because I think it's dramatically informed who I am today. Okay, well, we'll come back and pick up some of that in a moment. But at this point in time, how do you describe your personal purpose? Mm -hmm. So I get up every morning and and ground to a purpose to do one thing and one thing only throughout the day. And given that I'm human, I don't always accomplish it. But that purpose is to create the conditions for everyone around me to be able to be their best selves whether that's personally, professionally, if I'm interacting, even at the, with the grocery clerk, right, at, at the grocery mart, I really want to create conditions for those interactions to allow everyone to be their best selves. Um, and again, I, as I said, I'm human. So there are days when that doesn't fulfill itself right. quite, but I start there every day. And then at the end of every day, I try to reflect on you know, what, what did or didn't happen in those, in that purpose um, throughout the day so that I can keep getting better at it. Um, but that's what's really important to me. Wow. I love that. Um, and, and maybe that's one of the reasons why you and I just connected so quickly and so deeply as we share some of these same basic wirings, but wanting to bring people the, the best selves. And and I love what you said, even if it's the grocery store clerk, uh, yeah. everybody that crosses our pants, we have an ability or an opportunity. Let's say that we have an opportunity to inspire and encourage them, or we can be someone else that just adds to the burden they're carrying that day. That's right. That's right. So you, you started about this, how your fascination and your path growing up. And I've seen you share your path to purpose, but highlights of your personal journey that you traveled that led you to this purpose that you're living out today and your understanding of it. Maybe not the full five-minute version that, I've, uh, <laughs> That's cool. that I saw you share, but yeah, highlights of that because it's, it's fascinating. You know, I, I think, unfortunately, one of the highlights in, in my journey, and you, you heard this the other night, was, um, you know, that first kind of formidable young adult experience of, of going off to school and, and, and realizing in that moment, um, because my dad passed away the first week of school, that, that life is, is complex and it's a journey and it's, it's a series of choices that we make. Um, and, and taking responsibility for those choices um, was a really pivotal point to, to the journey that I'm on as a, a more mature adult. Um, so I would, I would say that's where it really crystallized for me um, that this is something that I need to take ownership of um, and it's not going to be given to me. It's something that I'm going to have to explore and work for and, and, and make my own. And, you know, I think as I went through my career journey, as most of us do, um, 
I started out that journey just really wanting to check all the traditional boxes, right? The big title, the big office, the big paycheck, the big responsibility, whatever that was. And, and was very, very lucky early in my career to have a coach that just looked me eyeball to eyeball and said, really, this, this is not who you are. This is not the gifts that you bring. And this is not what I see and hear you say are, are important to you. And so I had to kind of take stock um, at that very young age and, and was fortunate that I was able to make the pivot um, early 30s uh, around saying, you know what, you're right. I, these are not the trap, these trappings that I thought would make me happy, that I thought would um, fulfill me, that I thought would um, add up to a, an, a purposeful and intentional career aren't. And, and I made that pivot and started focusing on others. And that, that for me was so freeing um, to think about my career completely differently. That if I'm going to get up every day and I'm going to invest in this thing called work, um, being able to go and, and invest in others as my primary role um, just gave that very substantial amount of our life that we spend at work meaning. Wow. And that and that kind of set me off on a completely different trajectory. And and I've been fortunate in that whether I was in the corporate environment or now on my own in my practice, I've I've been given the opportunity to stay in that swim lane of focusing on others. And it's it's just it makes everything just that much more rewarding. And um and then you add the people component to that and it's like I wonder sometimes how I got to be so lucky to do what I love to do, to be able to live kind of that, that intentional life and get to interact with people every day in new and creative ways is pretty, it's just amazing. Okay. So Cindy, that I just love your answer. I love this journey. And I know, um, from those listening and conversations with with people that are listening, with you listening, that some of you relate to this journey. Some of you have are in that place right now. You, you're in a path that others told you was the path to meaning and fulfillment, and you found that it's not what it was cracked up to be. So I love, Cindy, that you found that early in life and that you made that pivot to an alternate path with a different understanding or definition of success and fulfillment. That is beautiful. Uh, so I want to pivot now in our conversation and ask you to talk about the work you do and what's your favorite way of introducing Blank Page, your company, and the work you do through Blank Page? My, my favorite, the reason, well, I'll start with the name of the company, which is my favorite way to introduce the work. So. Um, Blank page came about because I believe that there is a moment when all of us have an opportunity to um, own, reflect, and put a bow on the past. Um, And that might be last week's past. It might be our lifetime's past, whatever it is. um, There's this opportunity for us to just take ownership of that, put a clean, fresh piece of paper in front of you and say, okay, now what's the story that I'm going to write with my family, with my team, with my organization, for myself, what's that going to look like, right? What, what are all the elements of that? And that is such a freeing moment for most people when they realize that they have permission to just turn the page and, and, and start to craft a story that has meaning for them, that they're excited about, that they want to be part of, and that they are the author of. 
And so that's, that's what we do with individuals, teams, organizations every day. And that, that moment when they realize that they are empowered, that, that, that they are able to take back the power that maybe has been taken from them in the past and infuse that into their future is it, it actually makes me emotional um, because it's, it's that incredible. I am sure it does. And what I said in the introduction, I'll, I'll revisit here just a moment. I had the opportunity. Uh, it will be two weeks from when this is aired, but from the time we're recording, it was just last week. I was a participant in one of these uh, sessions, your first public offering of this. So there were 12 of us, along with you and Michael, uh, that went through this journey. And it was amazing, Cindy. And, and the kind of people that you drew attracted to this and then the what you said earlier about creating the conditions i mean you, you, there was just a beautiful environment for deep rich connection and this whole idea of looking at a clean slate blank page i love that what do you want to do with it and i don't know if i've told you this or not but 3 years ago this month Three years ago this month, I, I went through one of these experiences and it led to a 90-day journey. And at the end of that 90-day journey, I walked away from a business partnership that we had just spent the last year building. And, mm. and my partner at the time looked at me and he said, Kevin, what do you get? I don't understand why you're doing this at this point in life. What do you get? And I said, I get a clean slate. Mm -hmm. I get a blank page. I get the opportunity to write a new story and, and build on everything from the past, all of those assets and, and the, the gifts, talents, abilities, and experiences and relationships, but go somewhere of my choosing. So that's another mm -hmm. reason I love you and the work you all do. Now, you have six words that help bring this mission of creating the conditions for everyone to be their best selves. And I got to work those in because they really fit the conversation. What are those six words? Well, the, the first word is humility. Um, and I think it's, it's the critical catalyst for the next five. Um, the ones that follow behind humility are um, curiosity, compassion, creativity, courage, and finally commitment, which is um in my belief, the commitment is what then fuels the action that allows me to take whatever steps I'm going to take. But those are the, those are the words that kind of are, are my reminders and my anchors to um, my purpose, even when I might be straying left or right uh -huh. of, of where I want to be to center. So they usually, one of those or more, one or more of them usually bring me back to center. Yeah, that, that's really good. And, and this whole idea and something that we did and, and you and I were just discussing before we started recording. Um, it's interesting. We, we did that same experience or, or part of the, the work last week. And it's interesting how we see the six words that how we want to show up and how other people experience those six words. It's not always the same words they choose. It's the same expression, but they may describe it differently than curiosity. Mm -hmm. They may just say, wow, Cindy is inquisitive. Cindy's always mm -hmm. asking questions. Well, that's just the way they see what you describe as curiosity or the way they experience it. I think that's right, Kevin. And, and oftentimes people experience us, they will describe us in the impact that we're having on them. Yeah. Right. So those, those words, um, you know, that are important to, to me to, 
be recognized for um, don't often manifest when people when people are when people ask or ask about me right they they manifest in the impact that I'm having right and so I think there's a correlation there that you know if if my curiosity if being a curious person manifests itself in someone feeling like they've been heard mm. and that they matter yeah. and that they are now empowered to go do something then then that's that's great, right? Because at the end of the day, impacts what we really want to Absolutely. to see. Um, and I and and I find that that is a very common thing that happens, mm. right? So I'll take that impact every day, um, but I need to know what the inputs are to that impact. And if I don't know those inputs, I'm not likely to have the impact that is. Oh, that's really good. Um, yeah. So when you look at your six words, those are your inputs. When mm-hmm. other look at the six words they're using to describe you they're more thinking of how you've impacted them exactly and and as human beings you know and leaders and and family members and community citizens that that's what we need to take ownership of yeah right at the end of the day it's the the impact is what matters because that's the lasting impression that's the lasting um component of the interaction right and so i think especially as we work with businesses and, and individuals that, that are leaders in businesses, we, we talk about this concept of impact a lot. Um, but that impact can only be realized if you start and have clarity in your purpose, why you're getting out of bed in the morning, the type of person that you want to be um, in, in the best of conditions, and, and frankly, the type of person you want to be in the worst of conditions. Um, because that's usually where we get tripped up. And so having that clarity of, of self allows you then to pivot and focus on others in such a way that you can show up in the way that they need, want, expect you to every day. Beautiful. Now, we're, we're talking about purpose, and I want to go a little deeper because what it was that first attracted me to a conversation with you was your title, which is Chief Purpose Officer, you know, that is the, yeah. the title you have on LinkedIn. So how is it that purpose came to be the focal point of your work and, and organization? Um, I think I'm a big believer in paying it forward. And that, that moment in my career that we were just talking about a few moments ago where I, I had a coach that looked me in the eyes and said, what are you doing? Um, they gave me such a gift mm. by having the courage to have that conversation with me um, and going out maybe even on a skinny limb because they might not have known how I would respond to that conversation. Um, th- that, that in that moment um, made me realize that I needed to pay, pay this forward. Um, as well. So it wasn't enough. And that it was, it, that was the beginning of me taking ownership of my purpose and understanding what it is. But for me, it wasn't enough for me to have purpose. I wanted to help others connect to the power of purpose so that they could realize that by investing in that for themselves, by taking some time to really define it and own it, that they would be able to go from good to great to amazing and whatever their goals and endeavors were. Um, you know, uh, I'm reading a book right now. It's called, um, it's by the founder of Keller Real Estate and it's called The One Thing. And, you know, he talks about how important it is to, to be clear on your purpose because your purpose defines your priorities and your priorities define what actions you actually invest in and take. 
And it's when I realized that those things were all connected as I worked in organiza- within organizations or now work with organizations that it, it's not some fluffy thing. It's not, you know, a, it's not a spiritual experience that we have on Sundays or Mondays or Fridays. It is the thing mm. that allows us to deliver on those goals and those, those commitments that we've made to our families, to our organizations, to our teams. And when people realize that connection, they're unstoppable, right? I mean, they just they just cannot be stopped in the amount of of impact that they can have um, in their immediate circle and the ripple effect beyond. And that's why we do what we do. Okay, there's several things right there that you you touched on that I would like to unpack. The first of those is. <sighs> Extraordinary is in the reach of all of us, and it's often by doing something ordinary with just a little different focus or seeing it through a different lens. So what's something ordinary that you do or, you know, that that you do in an extraordinary way that's transformative? Transformative for myself or for others? Either, either. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to use a travel example because I spend a lot of time on airplanes and in airports and at rental car desk, et cetera. Um, So a a very ordinary thing I do is, you know, I go and I get on a plane and I get off a plane, I rent a car and I go to a location. Um, And for a lot of people that travel, they'll probably be able to relate to this. That can be incredibly stressful Mm -hmm. and it can get very stressful very quickly. Um, And so this is this is an example of something that I'm very deliberate about is I make I make a commitment that I cannot control the things that will happen in the course of my travel. I can control how I react to them and how others um, how I interact with others in the course of dealing with those those trials or those challenges. Um, and because of that, mm. you know I I I experience things that are, are make you smile, right? So I might, you know, end up with a, an unexpected upgrade because I was the only person that wasn't yelling at the gate agent about the plane being late. Um, but, more, but more importantly, um, I think that the transformational effect of, of just being kind, which I find to be a very ordinary thing, just being kind to somebody, um, actually shifts the entire dynamic of everyone that's in that immediate um, vicinity, right? Because it now changes the the expectation of how we all are supposed to behave, right? And and it's not that I'm gushing or anything. It's just simply by saying please, by saying thank you, by appreciating the fact that they don't have control over the fact that the tornado made the plane late, right? And and what you get to see then is the person behind you and the person behind them and the person behind them suddenly starts to change how they're going to approach the same situation, mm. um, which makes the collective whole better. Wow. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense to me, Cindy. Well, Cindy, that was just awesome. So speaking of transforming the ordinary, I've got something that I hope excites you listening as much as it does me. So give it a listen. And I'll be right back to continue this awesome conversation with Cindy. Do you ever think that your work could be a little less ordinary? There's not much in between you and something extraordinary. Just 13 weeks and a bold experiment. 
Find out more at kevindmonroe.com slash extraordinary to get ready to take your team, your leadership, or your customers to the next level. That's kevindmonroe.com slash extraordinary. If that intrigued you at all, then I hope you'll connect with me for a chat. Now let's get back to this fascinating conversation with Cindy Lake of Blank Page. So, Cindy, right before the break, we were talking about this ordinary. I I love what you talked about, how expressing kindness, which is such a simple thing, but increasingly rare, sadly, in the world, and especially in the world of travel. So, this whole idea of just being kind shifts the entire dynamic. Say more about that because, you know, there's just such an opportunity when we apply that. So, I'm going to invite you. Let's take that from your personal work to work you do with companies in the workplace, with their teams. What's a similar kind of thing that you can help leaders and organizations and their teams do that has that that kind of transformative effect in the workplace? Um, You know, I I think the most immediate thing that comes to mind to me is listening. Mm. Um, You know, as leaders, we have all been educated and schooled in the importance of active listening and, you know, being engaged, etc. But, you know, listening is something that you can hear or you can listen. You can and you can listen to the person or you can listen to the problem. Um, and one of the things that that we really love working with um, leaders around, and this is, I'm going to use a golf analogy um, that hopefully will resonate for a lot of folks. Um, when you're golfing, and if you've ever had a golf lesson, it's not unusual or even a tennis lesson for that matter for your coach to just ad- adjust your hand, just almost. It, you almost can't even see the adjustment. It's so small of an adjustment. And it makes this huge difference in how far the ball goes or the accuracy of where the ball lands on the court. And listening is a lot like that. And so listening is a skill that we, we've all had. We, we, we've had it since we were born. Um, and we don't often do it well. And we don't often do it well is the question that I love to ask because why? You know, is it urgency? Is it um, that we were multitasking? Is it that there's too much on our plate? Whatever the reasons are. But as leaders, we can take this very ordinary skill called listening and we can convert it into a powerful way to have compassion and to um, help others realize that we care which then results in them being inspired, engaged, and empowered themselves to to do something extraordinary um, that's in, within their scope. And so, again, little adjustment, but it's about listening to hear the person, not listening to solve the problem or to engage in the debate right at that moment. But it's really about making that connection. And and you and I have talked in the past about the power of connection and and how critical that is to success. And listening is that pathway to that connection. Once two or more people connect, again, the what's possible is there are no constraints. Right. Right. But it, it must be preceded by that connection and the ability to listen in such a way that the connection's established first mm. and then the work follows is is something that we spend a lot of time on. Okay, so this this aspect of listening connected to purpose, how does that show up in the work you and your team do? 
Um, you know, it, it shows up for us because we, we, before we do anything, we want to know what's important to people and why. And that usually anchors to their purpose, whether it's their purpose for that meeting or their purpose for their organization or their, their life purpose. It's all, it all will come out and taking that opportunity with just a few questions to say, help me understand what's important to you and why. Hmm. Right. And as people share that, um, a story unfolds. And as that story unfolds, we're able to understand what motivates them, what interests them, what scares them. Um, and as we do that work, we're then able to take all of those components of the story because they're all relevant and, and, and put them together so that the group can move forward together, mm. right? So really all we're doing is we're, cre- we're creating a conversation oftentimes that isn't being said um, that gets in the way of them doing great work, mm. right? And so it, and by role modeling that, we also change how they interact the next time and the time after that and the time after that. And, and that's the magic of, of what we get to do. And as, as they embrace that, we get to step away and just marvel at, at what the team's able to accomplish and, and what they can do and how they do it. Um, and that's where great comes from. So, so reflecting back on something you said earlier, that is your personal purpose daily, um, not perfectly, none of us do it perfectly, mm-hmm. but I'm just looking at that thread pulling through this conversation, Cindy, that whole idea of creating the conditions. And part of it is just this idea of creating the conditions with clients and in a client workplace to have conversations that are transformative that they've not been having. And, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's interesting to me that, that some of this, it's simple at one level. Uh, uh, what do you do? Well, we just create the environment for significant conversations to occur. If you said that somebody, really, you just come in and talk and listen, yeah. and that transforms, yeah. but really it does, doesn't it? It, it really does, but I, I think it comes from a, a belief that um, that I is anchored in everything that Blank Page does, and that's that we really believe that our clients, our customers, the people that we're working with, have everything they need to be successful. We're not bringing some missing piece of the of the pie for them, right? We believe they already have it, and our soul purpose, our sole function is to clear the space for all of that to be able to come forward and, and come together to do great work. And, and you're right, Kevin, it, it's sometimes it's just one question or two questions that gets that going and creates that space for that to happen. You know, I, I was excited. One of the books we have most of our clients uh, read at some point is Multipliers by Liz Weissman. Um, and I love Liz's work, one, because it's rooted in, in hardcore research, which usually um, helps people um, engage in it a little bit easier because she's just got some great research. But, but that's the whole premise of her book as well, is that the capacity exists within our teams and our organizations. And what we don't do enough of is open up the space for all of that great capacity to be used. So we're only using a fraction of it and most organizations and teams. And so she's got some great techniques that, that are pretty amazing. But for us, 
you know, it's just really role modeling curiosity, role modeling compassion, role modeling the courage to actually ask the questions Mm. that aren't being asked so that people can move forward. Well, Cindy, I want to thank you for a couple of things. One, for this conversation and for us just talking about this, because you and I share this belief that our clients have everything they need to succeed. They don't need us to come in and pour something else into them, maybe besides courage, pour into them the courage to draw out what they already have. But but this whole idea of just stirring up and drawing out what's already there and helping Mm -hmm. them to see and appreciate and value connect the dots. The other thing I want to thank you for is introducing me or, or encourage me to actually read the book Multipliers. I'd heard of it for a long time, but it just never gotten around to reading it. And oh my gosh, as I read it, I'm like, how did I miss this book? Because it is a treasure. Uh, and it is. Okay, so you've mentioned um, Gary Keller, Jay Papazan, the one thing that you're currently reading. You've mentioned uh, multipliers. Now, when I was in your studio, which is what you call your office, a studio, creative studio, mm-hmm. I felt at home because there were books everywhere, everywhere. Now, is there some other classic or, or some other book that inspires you? And then I've just got to ask you because I've never seen such a large collection of children books in a business. So, I got to talk about the children's books. Yeah. So, let's start with the children's books. Um, yeah, we actually love the children's books because we believe that they take, um, they just keep things simple and real, right? They take uh, key things, you know, the one, the, the two that are my favorite that sit there is I have an idea and I have a problem, right? And they just, they're written for children to realize that you have the power to do something with your idea. You have the power to un- unravel the problem that's in front of you. And they and they just put it in the simplest of terms and people go, yeah, you know what? I knew how to do this. You know, when I was a kid, I knew how to do this. And, you know, I need to let myself let go of kind of the constraints that somehow uh, attach themselves to us as we grow up and and we forget. And so that's why the children's books are there is just to remind us that we all knew how to do this at one time, just naturally. Um, and so we need to, we need to tap into that um, as leaders and, and citizens and family members. So that's the children's book. Boy, that's a tough question because there's so many that I, I love. So I'm going to cheat a little bit and I'm going to, um, I'm going to give you three, but I'll do it quickly. Um, so the book that I reference most often um, that I read ground to the most frequently is um, Bill George's True North. Mm. Um, so his work is is clearly all about purpose, understanding what your true north is, and understanding what the dynamics are that you need to pay attention to that may pull you left or right of that true north. Mm-hmm. And and I think the the concept of true north is so powerful because scientifically, it, it comes from this concept: you can set your compass to go somewhere. Um, but if you're not constantly adjusting for the magnetic pole of the Earth, you're not going to end up where you think you're going to end up. And so I love that visual um, for purpose because it says that it's a, it's a daily practice. Mm-hmm. It's not something you declare once and put up on the wall and never look at again. It's something that you must look at every day and continuously adjust your compass to make sure that you're arriving to that place. Um, the second one is Simon Sinek's um, Start With Why. Um, again, very much like the children's books, 
right? I mean, when we were children, we asked why to the point of annoyance probably to our parents, but, but we don't do that enough as adults. And so I keep that one close and center. We even have um, the gaping boys art you probably saw in the office um, around not losing the why, Mm -hmm. right? So all these opportunities to just remind ourselves that when we're stuck, go back to why. Um, And usually the answer lies within in there. And then the third one is I'm cheating here is um, turn the ship around. Oh yeah. And what I love about turn the ship around is, um, not only that it's a Navy story, but, um, you know, it's about a leader who learned um, that had great success with one of, with one of their assignments and then was given a new assignment um, that was not successful. In fact, it was one of the worst performing assignments in the entire um, organization. And, and what he learned as a leader and how he had to go back to the basics to really connect with his people in order to quote unquote, turn that ship around. And he in fact did. And I just think that sometimes we need to be reminded that what worked for us yesterday won't necessarily work for us today because the people are different. The dynamics are different and we need to find that common purpose with them together before we can start doing that great work that we imagine is possible. Yeah, uh, and that by uh, Captain David Marquet is the author of Turn the Ship Around. And I had the opportunity, years ago, I used to do a podcast called Servant Leadership Sessions. And I interviewed David uh-huh. Marquet as part of that podcast series. And the thing that stood out to me to tie a thread to this is the listening. And he said, I had to learn to ask questions on, on people on that new ship, the new submarine, not yep. to see if they knew what I knew, but I needed to know what they knew because I didn't know it. I hadn't been trained in that environment. Right. So I was asked yep. to learn. I wasn't asking, trying to trap them in a gotcha situation. Oh, there's something you don't know that I know. And I love that. Right. Uh, and then the whole other dynamic of that was uh, what was key to that was turning followers into leaders, unleashing the leader right. potential of followers. Beautiful story. Beautiful story. Oh, thanks for sharing those. Uh, A couple of things before time just totally gets away from us. Uh, Cindy, you have a unique vantage point of working with leaders in business that are tapping into the power of purpose. Do you see any challenges that are unique to them because of the priority they place on purpose? You know, I think think the challenge um, in business um, always is to be able to balance the short-term um, demands of the business, whether that's profitability or EBITDA or whatever, whatever the measurements are, the metrics that they've chosen um, to help them know how they're doing along the way. Um, I think the real challenge is it's a long and a short game, right? And you have to balance that every day as a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and trying to not get caught up in the short-term demand is probably one of the hardest things that I see purpose-driven leaders um, struggle with. And that's why we believe so firmly in some of the practices that go along with purpose, right? You Reflection being a primary one, right? The leaders that most successfully stay laser-focused on purpose and are able to keep their organization laser-focused on the purpose, even in the, in the short-term um, dynamics that may be going on, um, take the time to reflect. 
Um, and in that reflection, they come back to center, right? And they're able then to articulate for their teens how to come back to center. Um, but that purpose also helps them to pivot appro- appropriately, mm-hmm. right? Things happen. We can't control all the dynamics that are out there um, in, in the world against the priorities and the things that we said were important to get us to said destination, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I think that, that purpose becomes one of the superpowers mm-hmm. that these leaders have in the face of change and unexpected um, turbulence in their industry, their business, their organizations. Um, and it allows everyone around them to pivot, um, no pun intended, but to pivot with purpose, mm-hmm. right? To know that we're pivoting and not to be afraid of the pivot because they, they know that they're anchored to something that they can rely on and that will remain true. And, and so it, it, it's both edges of the sword, right? Um, and, and I think that's really, it's, it's just a commitment every day. It's got to be a habit. Mm. Right. They need to start every conversation out with it. They need to, they need to um, use it diagnostically, the purpose diagnostically. When they do that, it helps them kind of navigate all of these twists and turns. When we forget to do that, um, because the world is moving faster than maybe we can keep up with, um, purpose-driven leaders will often see the the unintended impact mm. of forgetting to, to stay anchored and will correct mm. faster. Does mm. that make sense? It does. It does. Okay. So I can't let you off the hook there without digging a little deeper because I know there's somebody listening that's saying, okay, reflection, that's really good. But, but how does that work? What's a reflective practice that either you use or you've seen leaders use that somebody could adopt and adapt into their life? Um, there, there's a few. I mean, I'm I'm pretty um, I'm pretty simple when it comes to those kinds of Simple's things. Good. You know, I think what it, you know. So I use a what did I love about today? Hmm. Um, what did I learn today? And what do I wish I could have done differently today? Um, so those are my three questions that I really hold myself accountable to. And then then I take the I wish. And, and try to make that actionable. So I, I take that, I wish I would have done or should have done because the worst thing we do to ourselves as leaders is the woulda, coulda, shoulda, yeah. um, is try to make, look at that and say, okay, well, if, if I got a mulligan today, if I got to do a do-over for today, what would I have done differently? Would I have started something that I didn't start? Would I have stopped doing something that I did? Would I have done more of something or less of something? What exactly would have I done differently if, if I got the do-over? Yeah. And, and then kind of um, codifying that in my brain, uh-huh. it, it gives me conscious awareness um, the next time I see something that looks like the situation that I wish I could have done differently. Um, it gives me more choices the next time I encounter something that looks similar. Um, and it's a five or 10 minute thing, right? You don't need to belabor it. You just need to bring it to your consciousness because by doing that, you'll recognize that thing faster, right? You'll do more of the things that worked. You'll do less of the things that didn't. Um, and, and over time, you'll just get better and better at it. I, yeah. And I was going to ask that because as I was listening to I mean, you could really do that in about five minutes, maybe seven or 10. Absolutely. So I love that. It's simple. And it's something that you could just work into a daily routine. Maybe even if you commute, there's a point on your commute home. You say, okay, I'm going to take the next 
part of the drive and I'm going to reflect on these three questions or however it mm-hmm. is. And we just need those kinds of, uh, you used the word earlier, habits. Simple habits make the biggest difference. So, Cindy, our, our time's really getting away from us here. I got to ask you three questions here. One, what do you find most fulfilling about purpose-powered work? Where, where does that give you the most joy and energy? Um, for me, the most joy and energy comes from watching others achieve their dreams, their goals, their, their hopes and wishes. Um, and, and watching them just take flight. Like it's, it's, that that's really what energizes me and excites me, um, is to just watch these teams just go. It's pretty incredible. It is. And and I knew it would be an other-centered answer. Uh, What encouragement would you offer a business leader or owner who's pondering how to better integrate their personal and professional purpose? Take a baby step. Mm. Um, I think that I think the biggest obstacle to to going to this because most leaders will say, I know, I get it. I'm supposed I should do that. I would be better if I did that. just take one baby step. What's one small step you can take tomorrow that gets you a little bit closer in that clarity to that purpose? You know, you may not know your full purpose today, but you know, you know something, right? So, you know, start scratching it out on a piece of paper. Let yourself um, be okay with just experimenting, you know, and figuring it out and taking a baby step this way and then saying, what did I learn? And a baby step the next day, what did I learn? Mm. And, and just allowing yourself the opportunity to build it um, in a very um, non-overwhelming uh, way, yeah, yeah. right? Because when you say purpose, it's a big word, right? People are like, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, you need to go to a retreat for 12 days to figure <laughs> out my purpose. And you don't, you, you probably know it, so just start paying attention to what gives you energy, what takes away your energy, what brings a tear to your eye, what brings joy to your heart, you know, start paying attention to those things, jot those things down, and then ask yourself, how might I do more of these things? And you will start on that pathway to that purpose. And along the way, it'll start to crystallize for you. Okay. So the, the, uh, Final question, is there something you you want to share or say before we conclude that makes this conversation complete for you? Um, I, I think we've talked about a lot of things, Kevin. Um, you know, I think the one thing that I would love to just kind of finish with is having been a business leader and in, in, in kind of in hardcore business areas, um, one of the things I really think is important for leaders to connect to is purpose isn't, um, isn't a soft attribute of your leadership. Your purpose, whether you realize it or not, drives the choices that you make or the decisions that you make every day. Um, so whether you're owning it and making it a conscious um, or even a public visible statement of of direction and intentionality, um, it's there somewhere. And it, it's reflected in how you choose to show up and how you choose to lead your organization. It may even show up in the work that you choose to prioritize for yourself and others. Um, so just recognize that it, it is the driver of decisions. And by allowing yourself to own it, you will give you and your team more choice 
and how you might accomplish really great work at the end of the day. Wow. That is a beautiful summary of our conversation. Thanks for sharing that, Cindy. So for people that want to get connected, learn more about you and Blank Page, where do we send them? Um, a phone call would be great. Um, All right. <laughs> these, these, type of con- these types of conversations usually um, have some nuance and, and some um, dynamics. But in, in, the, in the interest of not giving my phone number out to the whole world, um, probably um, started our webpage, um, bpstudio.com. And on the, at the end of it, most importantly, is a contact page. So, you know, throw your contact information in there. We love to get on the phone and, and talk with people and, and learn their stories. Um, and, and that's usually the start to great relationships and, and you know, other things that, that may be um, meaningful to them. And, and, it, and by the way, we're a collector of stories. So we'll, we just love to hear other stories. Well, and Cindy, I can attest to you listening. That is how they operate. Cindy and I met via LinkedIn. We connected on a conversation that was rich, robust, deep, and then it's just grown. And I said this in the introduction, but rarely have I developed such a rich relationship with someone in in just six weeks. I feel like I've known you most of my life, Cindy, and, and thanks for joining us today and contributing to these conversations. My pleasure. I, I, I feel the same and it, it really does demonstrate the power of connection and um, allowing ourselves to, to be out there and connect with others that think and want to be um, purpose-driven. Well, thank you so much, Cindy, for a rich, robust, and stimulating conversation. Let me share with you what, what's resonating in my mind, and there's so many things still ringing in my ears. One of these is that transformation, it's not as difficult as you might imagine it to be. Start with something ordinary and just bring a little extra intention, a little extra focus, and a little extra effort, and you'll see it begin to transform. Secondly, Cindy and I agree that you and your team have everything you need to be successful. You simply need to find a safe space for it to emerge and ask the right questions to launch into the conversations and watch what happens. And then a simple tool you can use to incorporate reflection into your life. At the end of every day, ask these three simple questions. What did I love about today? What did I learn from today, and what would I like to do differently, given the opportunity to do it again or the next time this occurs? I love that that is something simple and practical that you can start doing today. Let me know if you do. I'd love to hear how it works for you. Hey, if there's an area of your business, leadership, or life that you want to transform, we should connect. Stay tuned to hear how. And until we connect again, I encourage you to continue navigating north in business, leadership, and life. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Higher Purpose Podcast. Remember, if you ever think that your work could be less ordinary, there's not much between you and something extraordinary. Just 13 weeks and a bold experiment. Find out more at kevindemonroe.com slash extraordinary. 